Hi, my name is Murray Masrick, and and I've been asked to talk a little bit about what is an identity as a man. And I think that's a massive topic. I got to like narrow it in and, and just give you uh, an understanding of what identif- being what is your identity as a man. And and I'll just share a little bit about my experience and. For me, being having an identity as a man, I, I started off at a very young age uh, learning the identity of a man, but I learned from everyone else. I never really truly learned what it is to be my own man. And at growing up, I learned to really, I started to separate from myself and I would learn the identity of my role models, my father, my parents, my uncle, my grandfather, family members, uh, my teachers, my sporting coaches. But I learned a piece of everyone else's identity that they borrowed from someone else, that borrowed from someone else, that borrowed from someone else. And I learned what I call an identity that was not me. And I, and I shared on the last podcast a little bit about masks. I wore masks in order to survive. But as an identity as a man, I, as a young person, I, I could feel myself definitely from about five, six on, we're starting to separate. And I'm going, okay, this is what it takes to be a man. This is what it, and I could feel all the other people's identifications of what it meant to be a man. So, and, in, and I'm going to use the archetypes, which is king, warrior, lover, magician. And I, I learnt the identity from not my own original authoring of myself or what it is. And then in my, uh, my upbringing, I definitely had some strong conditioning. Uh, I had that took place. I had myself separating literally spiritually as well. Um, And I learnt the identities of certain spiritual philosophies that were not mine. Um, And and I'd learnt the behaviours that were not mine. And then eventually I had some traumas as a, as a young boy, you know, I was given up and deaf and I felt the abandonment of that. I had racial discrimination. Uh, I thought me being a, a, a migrant son, that there was something wrong with me and I had to become the identity of not being that, but I was that. Um, I went through racial discrimination. I went through being given up, abandonment. I had a variety of things. I had some, and the, and the abandonment giving up was a deep trauma. And then eventually when I lined it up, I had, you know, my spiritual separation from the God within me as an identity. You know, I had to worship some person that had a beard up in the sky in a, in a, in a temple or something. I, I had to, I, I could feel my traumas playing out, not wanting to be given up as, as a child again. You know, it happened twice. And then I, re- I remember the identity of my father. I can hear my father's perception of the world talking through me. 
I can hear my sporting coach's perception talking through me. Um, I can hear some, I had some really cool teachers. I can hear their perception talking through them, but it was not mine. And I kind of lost my own following. You know, it's like, okay, it's like being a part of like, I'm going to support this football team and that's my identity and this is the color we're going to wear and this is how it's going to be. But I was not my own author. So I learned that style. And what I realized that inside your identity, you have certain qualities and certain principles that you want to live by that are true for you. You know, and I know for me as a, as a king, you know, I want to live within my own integrity. I want to understand what reverence and nobility is and, and really live those things and lead. And, and you know, a, a, a great king has a clear vision of the future, knows his purpose, knows what he's going to do. I remember growing up and hearing the adults saying, so what do you want to do with your life? And you're only like, you know, 12 years old. How in the hell are you going to know what you, you can do with your life? You know, and then they'd say, you need to be a somebody. And then, you know, the, the, I felt like I was a walking somebody because that would make people happy that that was my identity. I'm a somebody. So I'd look for things to be a somebody. And, you know, I like it when men get together and they shake hands and the second word that comes out of their mouth, so what do you do? And what do you do was a part of their identity. You know, oh, you do this or you do that. You know, I had no idea who I was. I could talk about the identity of my car. I can talk about the identity of objects. But to, for me, I was a, a piece of trauma, wounds, conditioning, masks, and everyone else's idea. And I was being who I was not, living my own identity. And then... You know, and, and I do this work. I've been doing men's work now at, at Real Man for, you know, 28 years. And I hear men show up and they say, you know what? I'm actually doing the right things for the wrong reasons. And they're unhappy. They said, you know, I've I, I got a home, i got a mortgage, two cars in the drive. Uh, I've been to Bali. I'm not really happy. I'm confused with my relationship. I'm trying to understand my children. I'm not sure if I like my job. I'm not sure if I like my career. I'm not sure if I like my business. And, and then the, the big thing that comes out of it is that I actually don't know who I am. I have an idea that I should be a somebody, but I actually don't know my identity as a man. And you know, when we do this work, something happens and we, we notice that men generally live in shadow they live in distorting their behaviors like i i had an identity where in king i was like a tyrant you know i was very you know tyrant was the way that's how he had success or in the in the warrior i was definitely a bit of a bully there you know i'd bully my way through things and you know in the magician there's the magician we was like you know i was a funny guy but there was manipulation in there. Does that make sense? And I, and in the lover, you know, I, the lover part of me really didn't know how to love. I was, you know, would be described as a wooden lover. You know, I'd be like, you know, good on you, mate. Keep going. You know, pat on the back. 
you know, men don't hug, you just shake hands. You know, I, I was disconnected because I didn't know who I was. And, you know, and if you look at those parts of the archetypes, you can be a disowned king where he has no vision, no direction, he's, he, he's lost, he, he doesn't know how to lead. I knew how to lead, but I was distorted. And in the warrior, you know, I, I, I had, you know, I was definitely action, but it was a bit bullyish. Some men have no worry. They have no sword. They can't stab a sword in the ground and take action and, and, and go and make things happen. And, you know, in, in, the, in the lover, I was described, I was a disowned lover, very wooden, very disconnected, you know, I had just a half a dozen feeling words in my lover archetype. And the magician, you know, th there was that part of me that could play and be playful and excitable, but it's still a manipulation. I would manipulate to be liked. I'd manipulate to be funny. Uh, and um, I, I had that all mixed up and I realized that I've used the four archetypes to put me in a position where I'm disowning or distorting myself in any one of those archetypes. And then I went, well, what are the true qualities that live in a king? And can I live by those in its purest form? What are the true qualities that I can live as a warrior and live in those forms? And we're going to describe the archetypes in another podcast in great detail. Can I live in the lover in its full form and the magician in its full form and live those qualities and be on center. It's amazing when you're on center. There's something pure about it. And you come from a clean place that you you do no harm. And you're adding value to your life. You're adding value to everyone's life. And all of a sudden, I started to reclaim and understand the, the identity of my man and how my essence... You're born with a beautiful essence and everyone's essence is so different. And that essence goes through you that creates a part of your personality that personalizes with people through the archetypes and in those behaviors. But I definitely was clear that I learned those qualities that gave me the, the, the understanding on how to behave in those archetypes that are on center, that are pure, that are in the light, that are in clear. They weren't in shadow. And, and I'd lived most of my life in shadow. It was like hard work living in shadow. You know, and, and I'll use an example. If you're in warrior and you get all defensive, that means that there's a part of you that's very, very distorted and you know those people that, you know, someone will say something, they'll get all defensive, they'll raise their voice, they'll have a reaction. I'm in shadow in my warrior. And that's not a clean identity as a man. And I know in the kink in me, you know, I'd be like my way or the highway. Do as I tell you, you know. And, and if anyone challenged me on it, I'd try and overrule it. I mean, that is a really dark way of being a great leader, a great king. You know, that's the distorted side. So I kind of distorted my warrior 
and my lover and my my uh, warrior a lot till I had to be on center, you know, and it it took it a deeper understanding to seek to understand inside people's worlds. I would walk a mile in their shoes, and I learned to walk a cleaner path in all of those four archetypes, and I learned to understand in the love of what self-love was you know you to love someone is one thing but you got to learn to love yourself if i was loving someone else more than myself i was definitely a codependent lover you don't want to be that you know it's like so many people you know one of the signs is if you love your children more than yourself then you'll be a codependent lover if you love your partner more than yourself you're codependent you know and, and I could see that I was even playing that out. But I learnt something pure happens when you do your own rite of passage through a ceremony, through the commitment and through the process work of cleaning up and doing it into your true identity as a man. And you know, at Real Man, you don't ever have to walk this planet saying, I actually don't know my identity as a man. And we take people through an amazing, authentic journey where they unbecome the old identity that is not them. It's who they're not. And they return to something so amazing by themselves. And their presence is so felt, filled with their essence. And it's such a powerful, powerful place to be. So we have an opportunity to really understand the, the, the power of what our identity is as a man by doing the work. If we don't clean up our shadow, that's our dark side, it will still play out as distorted or disowned behaviors. You don't wanna play that. And, you know, and I really feel for the men who have a very disowned king because they actually can't lead i really feel for the for the man who have a disowned warrior they can't you know stand up and take action you know and the men that just can't mix it you know like in the magician they 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 feel like they're they're recluse and hermit and socially awkward you know they can't participate with other people and i think that's a rigorous journey they don't have to live like that and the man that can't is a disowned lover or is very distorted and becomes you know very codependent or you, you've got to know how these these identity as a man knowing who you are when you walk in you are so powerful you are so clear and so solid so i believe the the truth here is that your life is in your hands and you want to know that you can be the best version of yourself living this life on this planet we're here for a very short time we're only given so many beats in our heart and no one tells us when those beats are gone and while you're living all of those beats it's important to be the best version of yourself knowing that you're giving yourself the best chance you know you don't want to be the guy says, oh, I'm not ready for this. Oh, I'm not sure about this or I don't want to do this. Or you don't want to be the guy where your wife says to you, you know, 
maybe you should do this work or maybe this could be really good for you and you're in what I call fuck you resistance. You know, you don't want to be that kind of man because you want to know that your child is watching you and going, wow, my dad's got no resistance or my brother's got no resistance and he wants to grow and he wants to change. He wants to be a better man, but no, he's going to play really hardball. And in my opinion, that's being a tyrant and that's being a bully and you're resisting the process. And if you're resisting this process, I know deep down in your relationship, you're starving your woman to death of great connection. I know that doing this work for 28 years, having women do the workshop and the men doing the workshop, the thing that women say is, you know, my partner is starving me to death because he's not growing, he's not changing, and he doesn't have a preparedness to do that. He just wants to stay same, same, same. What that means is you're just a regular routine man. You don't want that. You've got this opportunity. I remember I was like that. I played out like that. You know, I know my arrogance. And my arrogance comes from shadow behavior. It comes from being righteous. And that's, and that's, that's the dark side of a man that doesn't know his identity. It's, it's, it's not clean. And I think we have this luxury and this opportunity to walk this planet and make it different and to be extraordinary role models for the next generation. You want to know that you've done as much as you can in this lifetime because your children, or, or you, you, they will read about the greatness that you left behind. Imagine if you're the one that broke the cycle, really broke the cycle in your family. You know, your dad didn't have the chance because the growth wasn't around. But in this time frame, in this era, we have the time, we have the, the, the workshops, the seminars, everything available to us to grow us so we can be unwoven, unbecome, we can undo and, and really truly choose the greatness of a great identity. You know, I know Robbie Williams says, I want to be a better man. You know, I've listened to that song so many times and it reminds me that I want to be a better man every day. I want to know that I can change and I want to grow every day to be a better man. I don't want to be the same as yesterday or the same as last week. I want to know that I have grown and changed from last week to this week. I want to know that I've applied myself and put myself through some growth spurt, something that's going to evolve me, something I'm going to listen to, some participation in some growth work that's going to evolve me. I want to grow at the speed of change. And how I grow at the speed of change is if you've got children, they grow every microsecond. They're evolving, they're growing, they're learning so much. And I want to be that man that grows as fast as a child to evolve. Not well, this is who I am. They can lump it and like if they can lump it, they don't have to like it. I I don't want to be that style of guy. That's just belligerence, and that's that's you know what I call someone who is definitely a, a distorted warrior or a distorted king, you know, or a or a disowned lover or a distorted magician. You don't want to be that, and I think we, you know, it's like we got to own our dark. I know the dark side of me. I want to own every part of the dark, shadowy side of me so it doesn't play out. 
because you want to know what identity have you been playing? Has it been clean? Has it been whole? Has it been pure? But most of all, have you ran with great men? Great, you know, I call running with the wolves. Have you sat in a big circle of great men going, oh my God, I'm listening to these men and I can hear myself and all my shadow behavior. I can, you gotta, when you run with guys, you can see your shadow behavior in someone else. You know, have you ever seen, you know, you're watching a movie or something, you can see yourself playing out in the movie and, you know, you see your darkness in everyone else. That's why sometimes when you bump into someone and they piss you off, it's because you're like them. And the truth is subconsciously you don't like yourself because you see yourself in that other person and you want to judge them and you want to despise them because you can't handle it living in you. But you won't take the responsibility of owning your stuff and going, wow, I'm actually having a reaction about that person over there who plays out my shadow behavior. And I can't stand it in him, so I'll blame him for it. Instead of owning it inside of you, having the patience and the understanding that it, that people are caught up in these behaviors. I think, you know, we... We've, we've lost the art of compassion and understanding. Seek to really, really understand what is going on for someone. So it took me many years to not have a perspective like my father. I had to learn to not have a perspective like my father or my teacher or my sporting coaches or other men or my wounds or my traumas. That created a reaction in my body that I would get triggered, you know, and uh, I welcome every one of you men to show up and do the Real Man event because it'll definitely change your life. It's extraordinary. So what would happen if you decided that you're worthy enough to give yourself a chance, to give yourself your own review, to really see the greatness of your identity that sits in there and not live in shadow? You don't know you're doing shadow. Sometimes you don't know till you look back and you look at the carnage. You look at the damage. You see what's going on. So this is a, a big process. It was a big journey for me. It was one of the most worthwhile journeys I've ever, ever had in my life to actually know my identity. I can, I can stand anywhere in front of one person or a thousand people and describe my identity for six to eight hours non-stop in great detail and what I stand for. It's extraordinary and it feels really, really certain. It feels solid and I welcome you to that level of liberation. There's a part of us that to be liberated is to remove all the conflicts inside you. To not be in shadow, to not be in trauma, to not be in your wounds, to not be in the, the hard social construct conditioning or the conditioning that you're raised in. And that is true liberation because people go, well, I'm going to go to the beach, I feel free, and they get in the car and their whole world closes in on them. You know, that's not free. Freedom is within. 
you have a freedom and it doesn't matter where you stand on the planet you feel like you are a free man knowing your identity but if you've got internal conflicts you know, you're always fighting with people you've got shadow behavior creating carnage whatever that is or you've reached a point in your life where you've gone i actually can't do this anymore you know it's like you know when you you know when you you, you keep going to work and you sit in the car and you go, what the fuck am I doing this for again? What What is what is going on? What is going on with me? It's, it's not a midlife crisis. It's a midlife awakening to realize how magnificent you are and let's make clean choices that come from the purity of a man who knows who he is. If you don't know who you are, You'll make decisions all over the place. I think this is a great chance for all of us. So on that note, I look forward to seeing you at Real Man.